Hello, hello, and welcome back to A Life Extraordinary. I'm your show host, coming to you from Tanzania. Indeed, I find myself on another continent entirely than I did some 48 to 72 hours ago. Um, I'm here guiding a trip uh, with my new business and my business partner, uh, Adventures Done Right. Uh, we're taking guests to trek up to the famed and giant mountain of Kilimanjaro, followed by a safari. We've got uh, eight guests with us on this trip, and we're really, really excited to show them a, a destination that is, while famous, still undiscovered. Now, let me tell you a little bit about getting here to begin with. Um, it was a long trip having taken it all in one shot because I was coming, came from uh, Vancouver and living in Whistler. It began with a 3.30 a.m. wake up from Whistler, two-hour drive down to Vancouver, and then followed by a one-hour flight from Vancouver to Calgary, and then a Calgary to uh, Amsterdam flight of about eight hours, followed by another uh, flight of eight hours from Amsterdam to Jero, um, which is the Kilimanjaro Airport. And it's really cute because everywhere around here in Kilimanjaro, everything is named after uh, this spectacular mountain. You know, it's like the beer is Kilimanjaro, the gas station is Kili, the uh, coffee is Kilimanjaro, the cheese, the uh, the streets. Uh, it's kind of really funny. But um spectacular, spectacular mountain. Um, it's been on my bucket list for a very, very long time. And uh, now not only am I doing it, but I'm doing it um, with a spectacular group of uh, guides, local guides. We have 33 porters going with us. Um, and these the, the guides that we're using for the mountain have, some of them ascended the mountain 250 times while others have gone up over a hundred times. So we've picked a spectacular team to do this grand uh, adventure, and we're really excited for the guests that are joining us to do it. Now, what makes traveling on a uh, trip with us quite different is that you also have your personal photographer and videographer creating content for you of your journey with us. So um, the... Getting here was definitely a long, long uh, 36, 38 hours for me, um, but that is combined probably by having a crazy, hectic few days uh, before then. It's currently like 12.30 at night in Tanzania, which uh, I believe is probably around, hmm, probably about 10 a.m. Uh, in Whistler back home. But uh, But, you know, truth be told, uh, with no kids with me, it was really easy to do uh, the trajectory. Just arrived really tired. And, and I guess for, for future uh, trips, I think it's also very important that the first day that we arrive, um, we take a solid good rest like we have on this time. Um, Kilimanjaro is the fourth tallest mountain in the world at 5,895 5, meters, which is 19,000 340 feet. So in order to climb this mountain, it's definitely highly recommended um, that you take Diamox uh, or anti-climate, uh, anti-altitude um, sickness pills is what I meant to say. 
and uh, and this really prevents or helps prevent the headaches and uh, and different uncomfortable symptoms that can come from climbing a mountain. Indeed, we're doing uh, what's called the Lenosho route, uh, and we're taking eight days, seven days, really comes out to eight, I guess, in the end, but seven days of of gradually acclimatizing as we go up the mountain. And uh, there's different uh, routes that you can take. Some of them are five days only, but for us, uh, for comfort and for making sure that the experience is truly uh, enjoyed, we decided to do the seven-day route. Now, this mountain is known as the Roof of Africa because it is so giant and tall. They say that if you're standing at the base of the mountain, that you cannot even see it. It is so wide. Um, it's the highest single freestanding mountain as well. And what that means is that it doesn't, isn't surrounded by a bunch of other mountains and peaks like the Rockies, for example, uh, or down, uh, down in the, the southern reaches of Patagonia. It is known as being harder uh, to get to than the Everest base camp. Um, and that the the views are uh, equally if different in in terms of spectacular. It's such a big mountain that it has its own weather system. Now, this we've I've known for for a long time because I've experienced the multiple weather changes on a mountain that had were not to be found on the instructions uh, on the on the weather. I mean. Um, on the instructions, I couldn't find the, the weather on the instructions, uh, but the weather uh, that had been predicted was completely different than what you get on mountains. And because they have their own microsystems, you could often get four different seasons in a day. You know, you could have rain in the morning, it could change to snow, uh, and then back to sun, and then uh, maybe some uh, hail, <laughs> because that is as mountains go. The This particular mountain is... Uh, storied worldwide, and for that reason, uh, anywhere from 50,000 to 75,000 people per year uh, attempt to summit it. Each route has its different success rates. Um, one, ours has a very high uh, success rate because do take into account that people do get altitude, or they do find the, the trip too arduous, but uh, we believe that and we're confident that we'll get our whole group up to the top um, because they, we have that the people that are coming are well prepared, the guides are experienced, and we are as well. Um, there's a lot of beauty in Tanzania that people aren't aware of. You know, um, we're right next to the Serengeti. Um, we'll be jumping into Ngorongoro National Park after our trek uh, in search of elephants, giraffes, cheetahs, um, lions. Tigers, <laughs> no tigers, I don't think, um, and even rhinos. So um, it's an adventure, a trip of...
Wi-Fi instead of my internet, and I think it was. So I hope that I didn't lose that whole section. So in case that section was lost, I was just saying that uh, we're currently staying in this spectacular luxury uh, Kilimanjaro uh, camp, and we've got uh, the while the rooms are made of uh, tents, the beds are opulent, and even the bathrooms <laughs> bigger than my apartment, and of of fantastic taste. Um, today we went also into Moshi Moshi. To, truth be told, uh, it's it's a very ugly small uh, town, um, but it is uh, representative of of many small and poor places in Africa. And one of the things that I found uh, walking its streets today was that it really is so interesting to see and give such a contrast to the type of life that I live. And and by going to these places, I think it brings us and grounds us much more into how fortunate we truly are uh, to live the life that, that that we live and and to see how these other cultures work like today I was uh, seeing lots of tuk-tuks that drive around and those are uh, the small tricycle motorcycles um, and in, in the back uh, people jump in and they take their ride um, of a decent distance for the very not expensive fee of a dollar um, it was the, the 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 people here I found to be quite beautiful in regards to they have these giant genuine smiles that uh, and are very very ready to laugh I've noticed that uh, very quickly um, they're they're happy and humorous um, and and since we arrived we've been joking and chatting a lot with the guides that we're using um, we're using these top top quality guides um, like I mentioned earlier that have gone up the mountain many, many times. Um, let me see here. I wanted to find something for you guys, but I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to. But anyways, so a few of the other destinations that we're going to be doing uh, in 2022, um, uh, like our Tanzania trip, but but different. And I won't, I'll end there for the moment on Tanzania because I will be climbing the mountain coming up and I will be uh, going on this incredible safari as well. So I'd like to chat more to you about it as having it on, a, on your bucket list uh, once I've done those two things uh, as well. But there's so many different adventures um, that can be had um, this year that I'd highly recommend. Um, the Canadian Rockies, is one of my favorite. I think I've I've mentioned this many a time that if you kick over to Cal, fly to Calgary in Canada, and then you you rent a car and you drive in uh, to take to take the spectacular um, highway between Banff and Jasper, um, the Icefield Parkway. It's it's a fantastic experience, and if you go with a company like ourselves to see these beautiful and remote mountains and emerald lagoons on the side. Uh, of the highway even, <laughs> um, then you definitely get a perspective that's quite different. But I know there's a lot of people out there like myself that also like to take their own vacations on their own self-driving routes and whatnot. So so this trip is, if you're less adventurous, it's, it's a great driving route and you can stay in places in Jasper like the Fairmont Park Lodge, and the Fairmont Lake Louise, which is also in Banff, where you have, which is a castle-like destination. You know, um, some of these hotels uh, around the world are often destinations in themselves. So, 
Um, that's a, a trip I highly recommend. But if you want to do it more of an adventurous uh, style, then you can go canoeing on uh, Maline Lake all the way to uh, what's called Spirit Island. And you'll see this place on postcards uh, because it is pretty magical to see three or four pine trees on this tiny uh, peninsula slash island uh, crowned by a jewel of mountains. So Canadian Rockies, uh, definitely one of my favorite destinations uh, that, that I'd recommend for 2022. Now, if you're keen on like going to remote places, there's no better adventure than, than going down to Africa. Um, uh, to Africa, sorry, to Antarctica. It is almost one in the morning. And so after a few long days, <laughs> perhaps my mind isn't as sharp uh, as, it, as it should be, but I'll be hitting the sack soon enough. Uh, but Antarctica, let me get back to Antarctica. So one of the, the way I did it is I went down to Buenos Aires and from Buenos Aires flew over to uh, Ushuaia. And after climbing in the mountains of Ushuaia, uh, I took a, a, sh a ship to Antarctica that passed by the Falkland Islands. And this really gives you a very close perspective into climate change and seeing the icebergs calve off of these giant um, chunks of ice that make up uh, a massive amount of, <laughs> of, of ancient, ancient ice. Um, you know, it's, it's so sad to see that the, the ice is calving off at an incredible speed. And it's one of the reasons that I highly recommend that trip um, because you're able to see climate change uh, up close and personal. And while I don't have Antarctica on our list for 2022, uh, perhaps we will be adding it uh, for 2023. Um, we've got a, a wicked biking trip in my backyard uh, coming up, up. Well, I digress. You know, I, I digress. I'm going a little bit too fast. So in April, we've got a trip to Iceland from uh, April 16th to the 23rd. Um, it's a seven-day, uh, six, yeah, 16th to the 23rd, seven-day trip. And we'll be taking you to some of the most unique spots and destinations uh, that we know in the country. But what makes it quite different uh, in going to one of these spots with us is that um, the local uh, travel operators that we choose and, and the adventures that for the adventures that we do are more off the beaten path. Um, I also bring lots of really cool gear that we get to use uh, to have these uh, adventures that are of a different kind, like swimming in glacial lagoons while wearing a $1,500 dry suit that keeps you totally warm and comfortable. We'll be heading to um, numerous uh, waterfalls like we did last time. And then, uh, and then, of course, taking you to, to spots like the Blue Lagoon. So April 16th to the 23rd. Then we've got another trip uh, in June as well. I'll get you the dates in a moment. I think it's uh, June 18th uh, for, uh, to the 28th. And this one we are going to be is a mountain biking oriented trip. We're going to be doing lots of enduro type of riding, both in Whistler, um, trails that are unpaid and then also on the mountain which is a world-class destination we'll be sea kayaking and canoeing on the beautiful lakes that that are around uh whistler and uh and not to mention that after that we drive to the chilcotins which is this fantastic area with world-class mountain biking but we won't only be riding these forested trails and um, and exploring these wicked alpine regions, we're going to take a float plane, load up the bikes on that, fly up to a high elevation to an alpine lake. And from there, we're going to 
ride down the mountain. Then in the summertime, um, so that's a, a trip if you're a mountain biker, 100% recommend. And of course, you have us as your guide for, for this, this adventure, as, as with all of them. Uh, then in July, um, I'm going to be taking an Airstream trip with my lady and the kids, because that's uh, fa family time. Um, but we also have, if you have children between the ages of uh, 9 and 15, or 10 and 15, we've got a kids camp uh, based out of Whistler, which is a day camp um, where we take kids on many of the similar type of adventures that we actually take adults on on our other business adventures done right. So the Expeditioners uh, Kids Camp, you can find it at campecolar.com, uh, sorry, and uh, campecolar, C-A-M-P-E-C-O-L-A-R-T.com. And uh, one of the things that in both this type of adventures and the ones that we do uh, with the, with the with, I mean, the types of adventures that we do with the kids as well as the ones that we do with the adults and that they're very similar and that we look to get the kids as well as our clients on trips to their limits um, so that they can pass these limits of physical discomfort because they biked around multiple lakes and jumped off cliffs um, because it's by pushing our limits that we get out of our comfort zone and by getting out of our comfort zone we grow. So July and August, this is year number four that we're running the kids camp, the Expeditioner, Expeditioners Adventure Camp. Um, and I highly, highly recommend that if you are in the area, that you send your kids to our wicked camp. Another thing that I wanted to mention was that we have a two-week overnight kids, kids camp from August 1st to the 12th. And this camp um, not only miss is in the, the spectacular adventures of um, zip lining, canoeing, kayaking, lake swimming, hiking, uh, and backcountry camping. But we also do uh, things like whitewater rafting. Um, and obviously the added concept of not going home to your parents and being with these uh, great counselors and staff that have the kids have an extraordinary time and are able to interact just with each other and without constant adult slash not fun supervision makes these uh, this camping uh, this this camp something quite unique I find um, and it's also a way for the for the kids to grow uh, then in September. We're planning to do uh, an, a trip to either Greenland or Morocco. It's still tentatively up in the air as to which one we will be choosing, but I'll get back to you uh, soon on that one. And then it looks like October, we might be heading to Iceland once again. So these are all destinations um, that I highly, highly uh, recommend. Another trip that I, that would be really cool uh, for you this year as a bucket list trip would be to do a sea kayaking trip um, with us uh, to the Discovery uh, Islands. And, and this, these are unique, beautiful, um, rainforested islands uh, in Vancouver, off, off the coast of Vancouver Island, that, uh, that we're going to be taking people on five to seven day multi-night trips. So highly, highly recommend you joining us for that one as well. What other places? Sorry, I'm a little congested. You probably heard that as well. Um, I have tested negative upteen times uh, for COVID, so not concerned about that. But uh, it seems like the travels here did give me a little bit of a gift 
to take on my adventure. So hopefully this will be one that passes more quickly. Uh, another of the things that I wanted to chat about a little bit was some of the type of gear that we bring uh, or that I bring on a flight-related trip. You know, um, I think it's important to always be set with certain things on, on a trip that requires multi-legs because often the bags don't arrive on time. So in my backpack, we always tend to have, well, in my backpack, I tend to have, and I say we because most of the time I used to travel uh, with my lady, but now it's a mix of traveling with my lady uh, as well as um, as also traveling with uh, Adventures Done, right? Um, give me one second here. All right, excuse me there. Um, another thing that I wanted to... Oh, yeah, the gear that, that, that we take on, on these uh, adventures, particularly when it's flight-related. So in my backpack, because you never know if on a multi-leg trip your bags are going to arrive on time, I like to have an extra pair of light clothing in my backpack. This often depends on the, the destination, but could consist of like a light merino wool t-shirt, a pair of shorts, and an extra pair of underwear. Because too many times bags haven't arrived and we're like, oh, why didn't we just travel with these few things to have uh, as an extra? I take a really great pair of Sennheiser, not sponsored by the way, <laughs> earphones uh, that really that drown out all the sound. And one of the things that I really enjoy about these earphones is obviously you can plug them with the cable or without the cable and use the Bluetooth. But when you're on a plane, I can watch movies that are on the plane by plugging the cable. And because these are um, noise canceling uh, earphones, then I don't hear any of that heavy background plane noise that you tend to hear with the crappy little earphones that the airlines offer you on the plane. And this makes the movie watching experience so much better. So this the, these big Great earphones are another item that I love to take. And if, if for example, um, on this trip, the screen in front of my seat wasn't working, and in our entire row it actually uh, wasn't working, but I was traveling with my iPad, and I downloaded movies in advance, knowing that if I was at all in a scenario of a super long travel day, uh, and I couldn't access a movie, say, for example, it's not working on the flight, then I could watch it off my iPad. So that's another great item that I like to have. And for many airlines, I'll put the app that they use for flying with them on my iPad because certain pl planes, depending on the size, and particularly nationally in Canada, won't give us the planes that have screens, but they will give the internet connection to be able to watch pretty much anything else, anything that you would have wanted to watch anyways, uh, directly through the app. But if you don't download the app before you're on the plane and you're midair, then obviously you won't be able to download it uh, at that point. Um, what else? I have my camera gear always with me. I've got it in a big plastic case. You could either get like a, a Pelican. I use a Pelican case or uh, an Anouk case. And these are um, cases that can fit about four or five, three, three or four cameras uh, and three or four lenses. And I put all my cables and stuff in there as well. And what makes these cases so great is that they're shockproof, waterproof, and that they roll. And because I carry a lot of very heavy camera equipment, it's obviously important for me that I not be toting all the weight on my back uh, with those cases. Um, what else do we like to travel with? Oh, yeah, we always take a bottle, a Nalgene or a plastic bottle that's uh, reusable uh, to have water because 
when you're on the plane and you don't want to be waiting for when a lady might, uh, an airline hostess might come by to bring you some water, then you can always be drinking your own water as well. We also travel with a thermos in our backpack. And the reason for the thermos is that often when we go through a lounge or we go through Starbucks and you just made it to the Starbucks or the lounge right before your flight is, then you're either able to, uh, sorry about that, able to pour the coffee into your uh, thermos and therefore uh, you get on your flight without having spillage or the lid popping off while you're trying to grab your tickets and going everywhere. I swear, no, this has not happened to us. <laughs> it, yes, it has. That's why we we bring these. So the thermos is also a really great item. Hand sanitizer obviously <laughs> didn't work for me on this flight, um, but uh, but frequent hand sanitizing, particularly before eating, after using the bathroom. Uh, or or whenever you have to punch in lots of numbers uh, on the key, on the keypad or a few numbers on the credit card for for your payment, um, then it's great to use the hand sanitizer right after you do so. Um, obviously, in this day and age, you also have to travel with a mask. I find that traveling with a mask now on a plane, particularly with a very long flight, uh, I'd prefer to choose the mask that wraps around behind my neck. So it's not actually a mask that wraps all the way. It's a, a regular mask. But at the back, there's a little ca- uh, cardboard or plastic piece that you can put so that it's grabbing behind the nape of your neck versus grabbing at your ears. And the reason for this is that the little strings tend to bruise the inside of my ear, for example, after not removing a mask or very rarely removing it for eight hours or so. Um, I obviously, like I mentioned, I travel with lots of different cameras. In my case, I have a Nikon D850, a few different lenses. I've got an A, uh, uh, this is my, my principal camera for nighttime photography, uh, regular shooting uh, as well. But for video, I use a Sony A7S2. I travel with a few GoPros most of the time, uh, as well as different uh, gimbals like the DJI uh, Osmo. Um, all these things obviously have to go with me above plane, uh, not, on, not in the underbelly, because once my mom had her laptop in, she checked it in a suitcase, and obviously when she got to destination, it was no longer uh, there. Really funny note, I actually get a note from the uh, government saying that they checked my bags once again um, on this trip. And it's really funny because I get this note in my bags at the time, and I'm just walking over here to grab it so that I could read it to you because it's kind of funny. The French translation really means something like, on a fouillé dans tes affaires, which is like, we went through all your stuff. So notification of checked baggage inspection. Uh, to protect passengers and in accordance with the Canadian security regulations, the Canadian Air Transport Security Authority is required to inspect checked bags. As part of this process, some checked bags are opened and inspected. Your bag was among those selected for inspection and its contents searched for non-permitted items. At the completion of the, spit, at the, completion of the inspection, permitted items were returned to the bag. If, if your bag was locked, it may have been opened by force. Katza assumes, um, Katza assumes no liability for damage for personal property resulting from the necessary security measure. Um, it doesn't say, it says nothing removed. Uh, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing removed. Um, which is nice, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, and so it's really funny that I often get 
this type of notes um, in my bag from the government. That's making sure that uh, everyone has um, everything, right? And then they put uh, when they checked it and uh, leaving from destination. And, you know, in my case, it's quite understandable that they're frequently opening uh, the bags because I have so many strange things in my bags from life jackets that have uh, little compressors that inflate the life jacket to knives for backcountry camping to stoves um, to all sorts of of different things. Um, And there you go. So that's a little bit about (laughs) getting my bags checked. Um, I also always lock um, my travel bags because we've had situations where somebody slides their hand into the bag and retreat, uh, removes whatever it may be that they uh, are aware or not aware that was there. Um, these little locks um, per- make it so that uh, these T- TFSA locks make it so that uh, a wayward hand doesn't leave uh, or enter your bag and leave with an item that it was not gifted. Um, and these TFSA locks are uh, are special in that they can be, they have a spot to open it with a key, and this is so that security uh, can open these locks, hence why they're called TFSA locks. So a couple of locks for your trip, uh, also highly recommended. When it comes to your passport and stuff, I keep my passport in a little pouch that's separate for it, um, where I have my vaccine card, what uh, I have uh, different uh, little booklet for all the different vaccines that I've gotten, particularly for visiting uh, countries like Tanzania. Uh, in it as well, I have a copy of my passport, and um, particularly when I'm traveling with the children, birth certificate copies of the children in case their passports were, were ever to get get lost. And I try, when particularly when I'm on a trip with the kids, to separate these. I take them out of the passport pouch, as I call it, and keep them in a separate spot because this allows that if one gets lost, then you don't have to worry about the other one. Um, another few cool items that I like to take on a plane, uh, there's the Go Anywhere shower. Um, this is the an item of which is like these bamboo uh, wipes that are fresh and cleaning. And on a plane, going to the bathroom, I really enjoy using them because it really refreshes you up. And I don't actually take a, a shower with it, but you just wipe uh, wherever you think it's needed and uh, and you feel much cleaner, particularly on days that are extremely long. Um, and then I think that, uh, oh, I always bring obviously a nice uh, thin uh, felt pen uh, for filling out all the forms that are often requested to be filled out. And uh, and there you go. I guess there's a, a list of the things I take. Of course, I have my laptop with me uh, at all times and a power station in the backpack because uh, in case that I need to charge any of the stuff and I don't want to rely on the plane, even if the plane has its own plugs. Sunglasses, irrelevant of where we're going. We pretty much always have uh, a set of sunglasses with us. And uh, and I think that sums it up. My favorite, um, I guess, duffel bag for traveling uh, is is the, called the Thule Chasm. And Chasm, C-H-A-S-M. And this bag is, is really optimal for, for traveling because it doesn't have... Uh, the material on the outside, um, while it's not waterproof, but it, it deflects water very nicely, and um, and it's it's very rugged, so that it can take 
being traveling, uh, a traveling big destination. And it comes in different sizes as well. Um, my favorite has been the 90 liter, um, as well as, uh, as, as some of the smaller ones sometimes. Uh, the 40 liter is great, uh, in, in particular. So that's definitely an item that I also enjoy taking on my adventures. And it's really funny because I'm just looking around the room here in Tanzania, Africa, and I'm seeing the different things that I uh, recommend taking. But, you know, folks, it's 1 a.m. right now, and uh, I've got to call it a night because tomorrow is a big day indeed. All of our guests arrived, and then we prepare to trek up 5,895 meters or 19,000 feet or 19,340 feet. And so I bid thee good night all the way from Africa. I'm Roberto for the Expeditioners, and I'll see you next time.